Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation. And then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander as you chant. You need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives, and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at The Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply, let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world, waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. All right, this completes our standing meditation. Please return to your seats and we'll prepare for our second seated meditation. Again, uh, posture's the same. Uh, try to have a nice straight back, shoulders relaxed, um, eyes half open, half closed, uh, breathing down into your stomach using your diaphragm. Um, place your hands uh, in front of your lower abdomen and we will begin our second seated meditation at the sound of the bell.
please join me in God's show. Naman doubts, naman doubts, naman doubts, naman doubts, naman doubts. We will now have sutra chanting. A sutra is a sacred scripture from Buddhism. These originated long ago in India and in China. The text that we chant is actually Chinese, a translation from Sanskrit originals. Is it necessary to understand the meaning of what we're chanting? Of course, not at the outset. We don't know anything about it when we first begin. But I believe that we should aim to understand what the sutra is teaching us. We should have a basic awareness of its content. These are the teachings of our Shin Buddhist tradition, after all. For that reason, we provide in the Shin Buddhist service book some pages of explanation and some English translations. What we experience by chanting, I would say, has three aspects. The first aspect is meditative, like sitting or standing or breathing. Chanting forces us to focus our attention on the present moment, and it helps to calm our minds. Second, there is a ritual aspect. We are reenacting something that's taken place countless times over the centuries. We are connecting with the many followers of our Buddhist tradition, who have chanted these same words, and we are gaining a sense of oneness with the other people who are chanting at this time, perhaps listening to this podcast. Third, there is a learning aspect. This is to gain a little bit of knowledge of what the meaning of the characters that we chant are, and we do that separately, I would say, from actual chanting. We will now chant the Junidai found on page 49. Junidai, or Twelve Verses of Reverence, originated in the Mahayana tradition of India during the time of the Pure Land Master Nagarjuna, around 150 CE. The verses were later translated into the Chinese text that we chant today. Like the Larger Sutra and the Amida Sutra, the text of Junidai describes the spiritual qualities of Amida and the Pure Land using poetic language. Please read the translation of the Junidai found on page 51, which describes in detail what the 12 verses of reverence actually means. We will now chant the Junidai. Keshu Tenin Shoku Oh, you know, sin. 
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts. Putting away samsara. Since ancient times, people have speculated about how old the world is. Today, it's unnecessary to wonder because there are accurate measurements. The age of the universe. 3.8 billion years, comes from observations of the cosmic microwave background radiation. The age of the Earth, 4.54 billion years, comes from radiometric dating of terrestrial, lunar, and meteoritic samples. This means that the Earth has been revolving around the Sun for 50 million times longer than a human lifespan. Challenged by what nature is teaching us, we might react with denial. How could the world have gotten along without us for billions of years? This egocentric view gives rise to the popular misconception that the Earth and its inhabitants came into existence only a few thousand years ago. By contrast, people in ancient India had an intuitive grasp that the world was far older than the span of a human life they proposed a cosmology with a time scale vastly longer than 13.8 billion years. In our Buddhist services, we recite a text called The Three Treasures, which states how rare and wondrous it is to be born into human life. Now I am living it. The recognition that it is rare to be born into human life follows from the Indian idea that the world is inconceivably old and that a human life lasts for only a brief instant. The teaching is meant to challenge my egocentric perspective. The text of the Three Treasures continues. How rare and wondrous it is to encounter the teachings of the Buddha. Now I can hear them. It was only through the rarest of circumstances that I received life in human form. Just as extraordinary were the events that led me to encounter the Dharma, the way of life taught by Gautama Buddha persisted in India for 1,500 years before dying out there. His teachings would have perished too had they not been brought to other parts of Asia by Buddhist propagators who risked their lives to do so. Centuries later, the teachings took root in America, having been carried from Japan by Shin Buddhist followers. Through these improbable and heroic efforts, I am able to receive the Dharma today. And here is the punchline from the three treasures. If I do not find a path to liberation in the present life, no hope is there that I will be freed from sorrow in the ocean of birth and death. Liberation means ending the pattern of repetitive existence called samsara. Traditional Indian religion conceived of a literal cycle of transmigration within the six realms of rebirth. Gautama found a path for putting away the mentality of samsara, as expressed in these words, Rebirth is ended. The spiritual journey has been completed. What had to be done has been done. There is no return to any state of existence. Gautama's final words were a summary of everything he had taught. All conditioned things are impermanent. Seek your liberation with diligence. 
given the exceptionally favorable circumstances of being born into human life and being able to listen to the teachings of the Buddha, I must put away the ocean of birth and death here and now and not dream of doing so in some future existence. It is indeed rare to be given life in human form, to hear this teaching, and to encounter a path to liberation. Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2023 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.